Who do you turn to when you're feeling like you're being called? Who do you bounce ideas off of? Who do you get advice from? Who is it that helps you to work through those questions in your head? Let's talk about it this morning. It's your morning moment. So it was the summer before my freshman year. I was starting this new venture called the High School Marching Band. It was hot and it was muggy and we marched all day long and played instruments all day long. And as miserable as it was, there was one good thing that came of it. We slowly started to become friends. I don't know how it happened. I don't know when we first started talking or hanging out. But over the course of our four years of high school, we seriously built a very strong bond. Now, his name's Kevin, and he is still my best friend to this day. You know, there's a saying that says, a good friend will bail you out of jail, but a best friend will be standing right next to you in jail saying, man, that was fun. Well, luckily it never came to that, but I have a feeling that if it did, that's how it would play out. He and I would have been right there with each other. And even though our friendship started out as one of convenience where we kind of played off of each other and we really did get in trouble a lot together um, and blamed each other for it as well. Over the years, it developed into something more. We both became men of faith and we both profess our faith and we talk about our faith. And to be quite honest, he's kind of my go-to along with a few other people when I have something that I need to think about or I need to mull over or I just need words of wisdom. You know, between him and, and my wife, honestly, those are my two main go-tos. Um, but it's Kevin that has always been there through thick and thin. I think we're going on 22 years of friendship now. And, well, I really don't know where I would be. This Advent season, we're kind of talking about the call that God places on each and every one of our lives, things that he would like to see us do with our lives, and how we acknowledge that call and how we respond to that call. So this morning, we're going to be talking about mentoring or, or friendships or relationships with within the church. I want you to, to think in your life, you know, who who's your go-to? If you have a problem, if you have an issue... Where do you turn when you need guidance or you need advice? When you when you sit there and you look at it and you go, man, this is this is difficult for me to think about. Who is it that you're going to go to? Do you have somebody like that? Our scripture reading this morning is going to come to us from Luke chapter one, and it's just a continuation from the one from what we talked about last week with Mary. But first, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for being there with us and guiding us and directing us this morning. Father, I just pray that your that your words speak to us this morning. You know, Lord, I just pray that our, our ears would be open to hear and our minds would be open to interpret and our hearts be open to internalizing and our wills be open to doing, Lord. And I pray that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. 
All right, so when we last left Mary, she had just been visited by the angel Gabriel. And he gave her the news that she was about to become the mother of the Christ child. And if you remember right, in the middle of all of that, in order to kind of prove to Mary what was going on, the angel Gabriel said that her, that Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a baby. And she's six months pregnant. So here we go. We're going to pick it up now. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is her relative, and Zechariah is her husband. He was a temple worker, and one day he went into the temple when an angel of the Lord came to him and said, Hey, your wife is going to be pregnant. Now, for a lot of us, that would be great news, except for the fact that Zechariah and Elizabeth were pretty old and for them, it was unfathomable, the fact that they're going to have a child. And Zechariah kind of didn't believe. And so because of that, well, the angel closed off Zechariah's mouth. They made it so he couldn't talk. And when he came out of the temple, everybody freaked out. But then they found out that Elizabeth was pregnant. And the story goes, and we're going to kind of jump ahead real quick before we come back, that when John was, or when the baby was born... They named him John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, as you know, is the one that went through the wilderness preaching the arrival of Jesus Christ. And that's right, Zechariah and Elizabeth are his parents. And when the baby was born and they went to, to, um, lost the word for a minute. When they went to the temple to consecrate him and to name him, everybody wanted to name him after his dad and and his mom said, no, his name's John. And they turned to Zechariah and he wrote down the word John and suddenly he was able to talk again. And so that's the story of John the Baptist. Now let's rewind. So Mary has hurried off to visit Elizabeth. Now we don't know the extent of their relationship. We don't know if they were cousins. Maybe Elizabeth was an aunt, but we do know that they were close because Elizabeth or because Mary hurried off to see her. All right, going back, Luke chapter 139, at, the t at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in the womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth has no idea that Mary is pregnant, that we know of. And as soon as Mary said hi to Elizabeth, the baby in her womb leaped, in Elizabeth's womb, leaped for joy. And we know that that is John the Baptist. And Mary or Elizabeth just had this intuition from the Holy Spirit that Mary was pregnant. And not only was she pregnant, she was pregnant with the Messiah. Why do we say that? Well, because what comes next is what is a, a song, a song of blessing that Mary sang. So, here we go. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Notice that Mary was kind of probably nervous, kind of scared at this whole thought of everything that was going on. And all it took was some words of encouragement from Elizabeth for Mary to completely change her tune. She began to sing this song of, of blessing on herself and, and the situation. In fact, it's called the Magnificat, and it's, it's a, the basis for a lot of choral songs and hymns, those words that Mary has just said or sang right there. And, you know, she's basically giving praise to God for the situation that she's in. And so why is it that we, we look at this, this story of Mary and Elizabeth? Well, it's because relationships, they're extremely important in the church. You know, we're not meant to be John Waynes. We're not supposed to just go about it all alone, to be on our own hidden path where we just focus solely on us and us alone and, and our focus is solely on Christ. Christianity is a group effort. There's strength in numbers. You hear that all the time, and that's a lot of truth to that. And that's why we are called to build relationships, and not just relationships in a large group in our congregations or, or however it is that you worship, but these are relationships that are like one-on-one, -on -one, three people, four people, small groups. There's all different kinds of relationships that happen within the church, and they're there because they help to strengthen our faith walk. Notice that Mary went straight to Elizabeth. You know, like I said, we don't know the relationship that we have. We know that there was some sort of relative relationship there. But all Mary really needed was words of encouragement. You know, she needed to talk to somebody that was kind of going through the exact same thing that she was. I mean, it was really unheard of for people of Elizabeth's age to have babies. And so, you know, Elizabeth is experiencing this whole new sense of, of well, weird all on her own. And then here comes Mary, and now they're both going through this life experience together. That's exactly what it, it is to be Christians. We are all doing this thing called life together. And the benefit of it is that, you know, when we find ourselves in, in things that are kind of uncertain and scary situations, we can talk to those people in our lives. We can go to them and we can say, listen, here's what's happening in my life right now. I, I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. I need, I need some encouragement. I, I, I need some advice. I need words of wisdom. And people are able to give those to us. It adds that second voice into our lives. You know, people are able to give their opinions, their insights. They can even look at it from a different perspective and they can say, you know, I, th I, I see where you're coming from. I know where you're looking at it, but let's look at it from this different angle. And you can see what's, what's really happening from my point of view. It's so awesome when we are able to have that kind of relationship in our lives. 
you know, and, and the thing about it is, is then it slowly becomes a two-way street. Now, the story doesn't talk about it, but but the way that mentorship in the church works and relationships in the church work is it's not supposed to be a straight line. It's more of a circle because as you're being mentored by somebody, then, well, you're supposed to be mentoring somebody at the exact same time. You know, a good example of this from the New Testament is the is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was being mentored by a man named Barnabas, but then he had Timothy that he was mentoring at the exact same time. So Barnabas was passing on his words of wisdom to Paul, and Paul was in turn passing them along to Timothy. And hopefully, we don't know, but there was some Timothy had somebody too, and that person had somebody, and that person had somebody and it becomes almost like a circle because I'm sure eventually at one point or another that somebody went back and, and saw Barnabas. And you can just kind of see as it continues on through the ages, it just is circular and it goes around and around and around and around. You know, the book of Proverbs says that iron sharpens iron. And that's exactly what what we as Christians and relationships do is we're sharpening each other's faith walk. We're, we're helping people to see different things from different points of view. We're able to use our experiences to help other people through their experiences and in turn their experiences help us through our experiences. And it gives, sometimes it's just good to have a listening ear to give to somebody when, when you just need to vent. You know, I can honestly say that in my personal life that there are times where I'm just so overwhelmed and I just call up Kevin and I say, hey, I need breakfast. And off we go. And when I walk out of there, I feel 100 pounds lighter. I know, hard to believe, but I do. I feel 100 pounds lighter. And like I said, Kevin's not my only, the only person in my life. I have several others. And, and even my wife, you know, there's times where I sit down with my wife and I just tell her what's going on and, and I feel better. That's the m amazing part about these relationships. But the last thing that we need to remember about these relationships is that they take time. Notice that Mary didn't just go over for an afternoon visit and a cup of tea. She didn't stop by for a day or two and then head back. She was pretty much there for three months. Now, during the initial conversation with Mary and Gabriel, he said that she was six months pregnant. So that basically means that Mary showed up for the last three months of Elizabeth's pregnancy and they were there with each other. If you look at anything in the Bible, what you're going to see is that nothing was ever instant gratification in the Bible. Everything took time from the creation of the earth, which took seven days, all the way through to the crucifixion story. Jesus's ministry took three years. The mentorship and the discipleship of the, of the apostles, well, that took three years. There was a whole pathway that Paul had to take that took several years. Everything in the Bible takes time. Why is that? Well, because when you take time, it's when you take time, the build is better. You know, if you hurry through something, it's done sloppily and it's, and there's a good chance that it's unstable or unstable. But when you take your time building something and you take the time to dig a good foundation and you take time to build a good foundation wall and to put up the pillars and and put on each one of the floors and the next story, you know, you take time to make sure that everything is stable there. Well, you're going to have a big 
good, strong structure. And it's the exact same way with our Christian walk. You can't just hurry into things. This is something that I really had to learn the hard way. I'll be quite honest. I've been doing this pathway of ministry now for over three years. And when I first started it out, I wanted it right then and there. I had to have that instant gratification. I needed it. I wanted it. I needed to be validated by it. But you know what? It didn't happen. And I was devastated. And for the past three years, I've been trying to figure out my pathway through ministry. And just now, it's starting to kind of make sense. But it took those three years for me to figure out exactly what it is that I was supposed to do and to build it and to make it what it is today. And what you're going to find in your life is that anything that is good takes time. You have to have patience. So today we've we've talked about relationships. We've talked about building relationships in our lives and in our Christian walk. The main thing about these relationships is the fact that we're not doing it alone. When God places a calling on our lives, it can be scary. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties. Maybe there's a lot of different questions that you have. Notice that when God called Mary, he didn't give her all the particulars. We talked about that last last time. She, he just said, I want you to be the, the earthly mother of my son. And he left it at that. And when we are called, you're probably going to have that. You're going to have this sense that God wants you to do something, but you're not going to have the particulars. And that's where the people in your life come in, where those relationships prove valuable because they may have insight that you didn't have. So, I encourage you, if you don't have them, to find those relationships. And if you do have them, I encourage you to continue to build upon them. Because your Christian walk depends on it. Let's pray. Father God, you place people in our lives at just the right time, at just the right moment, for just the right thing. Lord, I, I pray that each and every one of us can have that relationship in our life that we need to be successful in living out the calling in our lives. Much like Mary turned to Elizabeth, may we have an Elizabeth of our own. Pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's morning moment. You can connect with us further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Mission 4110. Also, subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to our newest messages when they release. For Mission 4110, I'm Jacob Mahaffey. Take care, and God bless.